Litter than lit, boy. You don't take these type of risks, boy. Cause this boy been throwing that D like rich, boy. You miss, boy. Your numbers don't add up on the blow. That was 10 years ago. If you know, you know. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you it is know. not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails, daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt, the man of the ring. If you know, you know. I just got a nice little workout in in Lifetime with Mr. George. This is our first recording together, one-on-one. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I've been told uh, Jake balances your energy well. Uh, You can compare yourself to a NASCAR car, you know, kind of going off the rails. And uh, Jake usually is the calm guy balancing you, keeping you on track. So we'll see what I can do. You might be uh, spiraling out of control here, but... (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you might be taking me off the rails, me and you. But, uh, dude, so we're trying to find a spot to record. It's 6 o'clock. I'm in America, the United States of America, the land of the free. And the only place we could find is a Starbucks. And it's closing, and we're sitting outside. What the hell is going on in this country? We got nowhere to record, man. I mean, they, they say they want to invest in podcasts in America. Spotify is giving Rogan big money, and a guy can't even find a recording spot. So now we got to just trespass past closing time at the Bucks. It's unreal. So I, I was walking um, in downtown Minneapolis recently, and I was just getting a, a feel for it, see the whole uh, where all the looting happened and all that stuff. And the same thing happened. It was like four o'clock on a Thursday or something, and it was I couldn't find anywhere to work. Everything was closed. Everyone's walking on eggshells. Um, you know, you see all these people with the, the mask on as tight as it gets. And I'm looking at like their shirts, and it's you know. It's either the notorious RBG or like um, make racism wrong again. I'm just looking at everything like what the where? I mean, this is a a weird vibe. And a lot of these people, no offense, I'll keep it real. I, w- I don't think I want to be associated with them, but they're the one. I mean, they want everything shut down. They want us all hiding in our in our closet. I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous. Now it's starting to affect me personally. I'm not too happy with it. No, and I mean, I've been so I've been in Minneapolis for a while. Um, I've lived there for several years now went to college near there and it's honestly unrecognizable uh graffiti everywhere all these protests it's just a lot of anger everybody's very angry right now and i feel for a lot of them but on the other side of it it's just like god what do you how are you changing it you know i mean it's just i don't know the focus is the energy's just off man it's just not the same minneapolis well the problem i really have too is when the other people start saying no you gotta start living how i want you to live I mean, no, you ain't going nowhere. I don't care. You sit in your room. You go hide and cry with the rest of us. It seems like misery loves company. I'm starting to get a little riled up. That's what it is. Misery loves company. And now all the misery, the, the miserable people, 
are all in one place, and it's just building up into a terrible vibe. It is. I mean, no matter what your political belief is, it's just it's not it's not a happy vibe. It just isn't. But this is bold perceptions, and this is the positive energy. This is the vibe that gets you going on your day. So let's get into it. I think we're going to hit a lot of different things. The main thing that you came to me to talk about was uh, the man in the arena. Tell me about the man in the arena. So, I mean, this is kind of a theme that we've hit on before, Nick, on this pod. Um, and this goes back to a quote from our, uh, from our former president over 100 years ago now, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy R., one of the coolest guys, by the way. Um, and I always used to read how he'd go like on these hunting expeditions. Um, he left office in 09, spent a year hunting in Central Africa, then went to, uh, kind of on a U-tour to Northern Africa and Europe in 1910, you know, hunting wild game. And uh, Wasn't he a rough rider, too? He had his little, like, clan that went and go down uh, the Mexican War and stuff? Yeah, he's a rough... See, you're going to Mexico now. You might be Teddy R in the flesh. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm seeing similarities here. But uh, you know the man in the arena quote, or the basis of it, right? Nick, or is I, I do, I do. Okay. But tell me, tell me the direct word-for-word quote for our listeners. So, word-for-word, word, I'm going to have to find this. Um, basically, let's see here. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading a lot of quotes from him. I don't want to just read verbatim. But what it really is and what it talks about is the man in the arena is the only person that knows what he or she is going through. He's actually out there, he or she, I'm going to say that one more time, but we'll say he for now. He's the one doing it. He's the one creating something. He's the one striving for something, trying to hit a goal. And just he, he talks about the other side of that. The people, the cynics outside of that are so quick to point. And he says the poorest way to face life is to face it with a sneer, a cynical habit of thought and speech, a readiness to criticize work which the critic himself never tries to perform. That's what gets me riled up right there. Um, and that's what I want to talk about. The critic never performs. The critic never even tries. It's crazy. I think this relates really well today. A lot of people bitching in, a lot of different people telling them what they should do or what they shouldn't do. You know, well, well they're not necessarily doing it. No, we talked about the critics in one episode. It was with Des um, about a year or so ago. And it was about uh, less talking more doing but i love the whole idea of the critics and and the doers but guess what you need the critics because the critics they pay attention to you and they're the ones that actually somewhat push you don't let them discourage you but they do push you to move on to bigger and better things and you know also they pay attention you, you want people to pay attention to what the hell you're doing right yeah and i mean there is the old saying any press is good press negative or positive um and the negativity oftentimes fuels the positive outcomes of the men in the arena and uh, who would they be without the critics I guess but it just it just fires me up a little bit how others can just point and critique without literally having any idea what the hell the man in the arena is going through what his end goal is what his you know train of thought is anything about it it's just it comes back to the fact that it's so easy to be negative these days uh, jump on the negative bandwagon like you're seeing in different you know towns all over the place well i mean the best example is this would a food critic be a critic if they could make good food or would they be cooking it and chefing up because obviously their passion is food no the, the short <laughs> answer is no that's hell's kitchen for a gordon ramsay style and that, that that's actually, more entertainment because he, he, he can cook he can cook he can definitely cook that's for a completely different cause but this just this relates to everything like especially on sites like twitter what we talk about is it's just all negativity it's all critics and it's all just low it really is just low lives behind a screen 
finding comfort in being a critic, I think. Oh, I mean, you brought it up, the, the whole um, publicity, good, bad, is good, you know, and the biggest, greatest example of this in recent times is Mr. Donald Trump. If it wasn't for the amount of hysteria around him there's no way in hell he would have been elected the media bashed him non-stop and that gave him like three billion dollars in free press so there's a clear-cut example about <laughs> you know in the long run that energy that even that negativity pushes the action the doer to make things happen if they don't quit because a lot of people if the critics come after you like the cancel culture they're done and they go i'm so sorry and please forgive me and the apology will never ever be enough because once you apologize they want more and more because they know they got you they know the worst thing you can do to a critic is not pay attention to them they'll they'll, they'll sit and fester in their on their their blue check on twitter and just oh he's not listening to me what can i get <laughs> next on him well okay so and you just said the worst thing you can do is not acknowledge them I, I, do you think they are coming from a place of criticism because they want to be acknowledged is that what is that what you're getting at here it's got to be you know what i mean it's a hundred percent they want to feel special they want to either make money get clicks they want to be acknowledged something their daddy didn't love them enough or something happened but also people play the game they know how to get the clicks like the media did the media didn't give a fuck who won really i mean obviously there's biases there but they were getting so much politics became number one entertainment with trump and they were just like oh feed the beast feed the beast the, the critic game is all about getting something from it you don't just post a tweet to to not get no retweets or favorites the more outrageous it is the more oh i hate this person more anger you can stew the more energy you're gonna stew up well okay and that actually is the basis of social media i think whenever you see a viral tweet or just a, a post that blows up on social media no matter what site it is it's usually like making fun of themselves making fun of somebody else and it's just so easy to jump on the negative side of that rather than giving, you know, like kudos or whatever you want to call it. And I remember uh, Kevin Hart went on the Joe Rogan podcast. I always reference the Rogan podcast. And he said that humanity's instinct these days is to be the critic. It's easier. Uh, even like a, a widely acclaimed movie, it's easier to just be like, God, fuck that movie. I don't like it. It's because of this. Like, and just like picking a gripe. I'm unique because I don't like it. Yes, that's what it is. It's like you you get off to being the opposite side uh, with negativity involved. I just, I don't get it. But I mean, some people, like you're saying, you know, they, they want to feel important and heard and it's easier to jump in with the herd of negativity, I guess. We just said it. Misery loves company. And there's been proven studies on getting dopamine hits from outrage and getting angry. And then, oh, you hate this too. And let's go sit in the corner and cry together because that makes them feel they're part of something. That's all people really want too is to feel liked and, and welcomed. And it's much easier, like you said, to just go find the people stewing over there and, and bitch about it. There was a great quote in one of my locker rooms playing football. And it was about like... The losers like finding comfort with one another to bitch in the corner of the locker room because they're both not playing. So let's talk about how much we hate the coach and hate the guy in front of me because I'm not playing. Instead of going out, getting the extra reps, you know, learning the playbook, doing things so they can get on the field. You know what I mean? And that is something I've dealt with my whole entire life in the in the man in the arena, right? You know, because I've been in an arena as playing, and it is. It's, it's crazy as the quarterback because the quarterback gets, you know, all the praise and all the hate. And you get to see it firsthand, you know, the armchair quarterbacks and, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. You have no fucking clue what it's like to sit in the pocket, you know, have 10 reads, have fi five guys coming at you doing all this. and Oh, but no, this guy was wide open. You never played. You played on your peewee football team and now you're this armchair quarterback. You can't make it up. That's why I have a really tough time with 
with uh, you know coaches or people that have never done it that want to tell you how to do it. You know what I mean? It's like you you've never done it. You don't know. You know what I mean? Is uh, how much Madden you played, how much NFL you watched, you don't know until you've done it. Yes, and that actually reminds me. So Dak Prescott, literally on America's biggest stage, Dallas Cowboys organization, he was one of the most like polarizing arguments during the off season. Uh, he's not good enough, so he shouldn't get the money. He is good enough. He, sh- he should get paid. Of course, America's tendency is to jump on the negative side of it. And everybody, even Cowboys fans, are piling on all offseason, offseason. Don't pay him. Can't pay him. But then he gets hurt this week, breaks his ankle really, really brutally on national TV. And the last image you see is him riding off on the cart. And literally every single Cowboys fan in the stadium gets humanized they're all standing clapping for him and then where's the negativity now right because when something like that hits your team i don't know if it's you know the negativity goes out the window or you get humanized and you feel for the guy but i don't know i mean all those fans got to look at themselves whoever was saying this guy sucks Dak sucks don't pay him now they know they're kind of screwed right i mean and it was just easy for him to pile on the negative side yeah the dude was throwing like 450 yards a game wasn't he type deal yes i mean this isn't a sports pod, but given they were always coming from behind, they got to be throwing. But there's that. But I'm not a critic, so I'm not going to say, you know, he didn't earn those yards. I wasn't in the spots. I don't have 10 reads like you're saying. So just an example. I love the best example um, in the NFL we're talking about is Mr. Tom Brady. I mean, the amount of crap, amount of people that, like, literally hate this guy. What has this guy done to make you hate him? I mean, he gives a little emotion on the field, I guess, for your opposing team. But, you know, his uh, family life's great. You know, if he kisses his kid, he gets hate on that for that. But in this kid's story, you know, the six-round draft pick, barely played at Michigan, uh, Drew Henson or whatever, you know, the Brady Six, all that stuff. Brady's done all these great, oh, he's a system quarterback. He's this. He sucks. And he, he uses his fuel. He laughs at it. Have you seen, like, his Instagram videos and stuff? He's a total, just, just lives, you know what I mean? And there's actually a documentary, The Man in the Arena, Tom Brady. Really? Yeah, on ESPN. Okay, I didn't know that, but that's The Man in the Arena. Actually, that's what it's called? Yeah. That's, that's cool. See, he gets it. Tommy gets it. And by the way, last week, he just got bashed for not knowing the fourth down thing. Did you see him this week? Um, no, you're not a big Twitter guy, but he turned around and, like, memed himself holding up the four downs put lebron's face on it and say congrats lebron on your fourth ring like that's good that's just good fun like he doesn't let it get to him it doesn't affect him like that those are the dudes that are the top dogs they agree and amplify the criticism and the critics are like fuck he just made me look so stupid because it's it's not affecting him now he's just playing with me now i mean he's just playing with me i love that no i agree completely and he's so self-aware like it's not even about self-awareness it's just when you're at the top it's like come on, like, get off me, like, these little beat writers trying to get clicks, saying I'm an old man because I don't know fourth down, like, I don't know, it just gets me fired up, but so to bring it back to just an everyday level or just an every person level, I, I, it shouldn't fire me up, Nick, but it just, it's starting to get to me, all these critics out there, they're critiquing when you're starting something, or I think it's what, this is what it is, all these people find comfort in like doing the comfortable thing. They don't want to go outside their comfort zone. And then when they see somebody else doing that, they're like, is it like anger? Is it jealousy? Like, what is it? What do you think their main driving emotion is to become that critic? So this is what I, I, would, I wanted to get into big time because I've known you for a while. And, you know, what I love about this podcast and us three that are really uh, co-hosting this thing, uh, me, Jake and you 
is okay jake has seen the craziest shit being a total drug addict and all the crap he's been through so he's seen like you know wild stuff i've always been a flamethrower and, and kind of lived off the beaten path and, and done crazy things wherever and you for the most part have done what you're told you know you went to school you played some sports did the saint thomas got a you know a nice job at lived a nine to five life and then it seems like you know the last year or so you know coming on this podcast and you've really gotten out of the comfort zone because you used to be a like a jokey jokey guy and oh uh, you know they're doing something that's kind of funny and, and whatnot and what was crazy is i always saw your father was like the prototypical dude just out of the comfort zone no fucks given just living a life and the seeing you kind of do what you've done the past year is really interesting because like you're for all attended purposes you're like an average person right and now like you're starting to like really spread your wings and fly jumping on the comfort zone and i'm wondering how you can relate really well to maybe a lot of listeners that are in the similar position. So this is a good point. So yes, in the sense that going back to how I've you know done what I've been told to do by society. Yeah, I went to the four-year college, got a job in the corporate world. And for the most part, like during that ride, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this because society's telling me to. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love my job, love my college experience, but it's funny because now when I start to do something like this, which is just a little out of the norm, I can just I can hear the whispers. I can see kind of like the critics being like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what's he doing? Like, what's George doing now? And uh, it's just interesting because all the people that would be saying something like that, most of the people just don't have I'll be straight up, just don't have like the courage or the creativity or something. I don't want to get like negative towards yep. them now, but it's just like think about the big picture like do you want to stay stagnant like that your whole life like how are you going to get to the next level within post-grad world if you're not trying something new right so that's what i that's what i that's my train of thought because i joined this pod started thinking outside the box like jake and yourself and it's added a great dimension to my life where i'm always thinking like ahead like i'm doing something for my tomorrow self instead of worrying about going through the motions or the, you know, the beaten path that has been laid out for me. So I'm thankful for that because that has just opened up new possibilities and it just adds fun to your life. Throwing bands, where were you when Big Meats brought the tigers in? Because I was busy earning stripes like a tiger skin. Totally, yeah, it's not like the beaten path's wrong. Many people have done it and they've been very successful and happy, but adding a little flavor and here and there, what, what's it hurting you? But, I mean, it all comes back to, like we said with the critics, a lot of it stems from insecurity if you're hearing it from someone else. Now, if it's constructive criticism and it's people that you know that care about you saying like, hey, maybe, uh, you know, why'd you say this? Or why are you, you know, acting like a total fool and ruining your future life by saying this on both perceptions not like you are then okay i understand type deal but in the most part what the you're stacking skills you're you're learning you're meeting so many people the the kim thing was awesome you really wanted to do a dietitian because you've gotten really into fitness and look fantastic you know wonderful and uh (laughs) this compliment and you went and found kim in la and kim's a beautiful girl doing really well and and she was like all for it and i think you guys developed a nice you know good relationship and you know things like that come from it how can where's the negativities coming from this so it's funny you bring that up because people that see you know me doing a pod their gut reaction or whatever their main instinct is be like dude like why are you doing that if you have a job it's literally exactly that right there to be it goes beyond just just having a pod they're like oh you're not gonna make money from that well that's not actually even the point it's to go out and find people like kim like you're saying 
that you can draw value from from having a conversation. And if you want to relate it straight back to my job, I mean, shit, that's just good networking practice. I'm a sales guy. This pod's better for my communication skills. You just got to think big picture. You got to think in color and see the benefits beyond just the immediate you know, gratification of it. That's a huge point. It's like, it's not A to B. People no. think so linear. You know what I mean? There, there's way more out there. And you know, a lot of people, because they get that trapped in the societal box and say, no, you got to do this step and this step. And don't go this way. Don't look that way. You know, because the second you start doing that kind of stuff, then you're going to get the, the chirping. And that's when everyone says, if you ain't got no haters, you're not popping. And I, I, I think it's in a point, obviously, you're not being an asshole, right? And people are like, dude, you're an asshole, right? Because I've been on both levels of this because I've always loved to, you know, test things and, you know, push myself out there. And at some points, it wasn't good. And I deserved a slap in the face. But at other points, I, I learned like, oh, they're just saying that because maybe they're not doing this or they're not here or they're not seeing this. So it's, it's a balance for sure. But okay, so you, you, you're saying even when you did deserve a slap in the face, how would you have learned that lesson without getting outside of, you know, the comfort zone, we'll call it? And getting to the point where you did need some constructive criticism. How fast can you go? How, how, how will you know how fast you can go if you don't crash the car every once in a while? You know what I mean? Get fucking going. You know, to have a little accident. Get back on track. Now you're like, oh, I can go 105. Oh, I can't. And you keep pushing it. Cause, oh, I should have made that turn instead. I shouldn't have said this. And that was kind of mean. And just learn, right? You don't learn shit without the, the pain and, and getting hurt a little bit. Yeah, no, like you're saying, it's not always a linear path. You got to kind of swerve a little bit. You got to be a daredevil, you know, risk. You got to take some risks. You can't just be, you know, Patty Joe playing the long-term game. Oh, I want, I'm going to do this for 40 years. Like, no, that's not how it is. You need to zigzag a little bit. It just, it, it's good for the brain. I think. Well, especially nowadays, like where we ain't going to get social security. People are having a tough time relying on one source of income. Now you have to start really thinking outside the box, but, um, to, to piggyback on that, you know, um, going out there and, and doing things, fortune favors the bold. You know, how much do you fucking want? <laughs> it, it, it goes on that. And if you're just going to be sitting in on the sideline, bitching with everyone else, crying everyone else is doing something and you're not, that's the whole point of the social media. You become a consumer. This is on the Wonder Lusting podcast with Shelton and Fargo is you just sit on there and then you become a critic and you become, well, I don't want to try this because I'm going to get made fun of or I don't have enough followers or I won't go here. And, and then you just sit and you consume more. You consume what the other people are doing. That's all you're doing. You sit in your corner and you don't do shit. No, I agree. And I haven't, I have not listened to Wonderlust yet. This is the, is this the Fargo, North Dakota guy in the bar? Yeah. No, no, yeah, in the apartment, yeah. Okay, in the apartment. I mean, you, you're meeting so many people, I can't keep up. But, and I mean, shit, we just talked about your trip to New Orleans. Are the listeners going to get to hear about that, <laughs> a little excursion? or? With, with bold perceptions is, is making uh, decent money that I don't have to worry as much anymore. I think I might let it all spill. But the New Orleans, we'll save that one for another day. But that was... Uh, networking i don't want to say the other word that was just networking <laughs> i see everybody you meet can be you can learn something you will learn something and it's just i think it comes back to the fact that it's just healthy to get outside your box and just explore a little bit like well, let me say this too like um going to that point of when you started doing this stuff it seems like more people have came to you asking for something and like these people are doing shit and now you're starting to get in like cool circles with people that are moving that are you know happy people yes yes because like you're saying it was skill stacking um i mean and people some people like the doers like we're talking about connecting them they recognize oh shit like 
and I appreciate them. Oh, shit, he's actually, you know, venturing out. There is more to him than this. He's got different layers than just this. It's like, so on the quarterback, on the quarterback metaphor, it's not just like I'm a pocket passer now. Now I can run. Now I can do the read option. Maybe a Taysom Hill. Maybe you run a little reverse every once in a while, you know? Like, it just adds dynamics. It comes back to skill stacking. You'll, you'll never know when you're going to need that. And we've seen it this year with COVID. Like, what if I lost my job and I hadn't tried something else? Like, I'd be shit out of luck. And you can't get a job very well these days. So my point is, if you have some sort of skill that you're good at, I mean, you can monetize that. It's easier than ever to monetize something. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah. Big time. It does take work, especially this content stuff. You know what I mean? But um, coming back to this this man in the arena point, you're going to get sticks and stones, but, you know, you're going to get hit at, you're going to get jabbed at, but you know, like everything, you know, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. And I want to ask you, since joining the bold perceptions from the amount of uh, shit you've gotten to the amount you've gained, like the positive pros and cons, what would you say? It's not even close. Uh, <laughs> it's not even close that the pros outweigh the cons. And the pros on the most part are things that you can't even see. Like you can't point to it and say, this is you know this was worth it because this happened it's it's the unseen things it's like the the pod and the actual content is the tip of the iceberg like the, yeah, the iceberg you know what i mean like it's and it's still growing too i mean who who the hell knows who i'm gonna meet in two months and so so riley the book man our last recording he he's the one that came on and said dude this is fucking great excuse my french i learned i learned french over covid but uh <laughs> he said you're gonna get a great opportunity from this like rather than whatever you're doing during the day and um while they well that may be true well that may be false i don't know but the amount of opportunities that will come your way from trying something new are insurmountable i think um and that's what keeps me going and it's fun too it's like a little side game to play and you're always yeah yeah i mean fuck i've 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 honestly tried to stay off tiktok because like what good is that doing yeah i like some jokes every once in a while i'm a funny guy i'm a jokey jokey guy but like how are you exercising your brain how are you setting yourself up for the future because if you just stay doing what everybody else is doing, how are you going to get to the next level? Anytime you listen to somebody that's done something big is always talking about like staying ahead of the curve or trying something new or expanding their brain, just doing something that not everybody else is doing. So if you are getting heat from you know people from for doing something out of the norm, that's actually a really good thing, honestly. Like you do want critics, like you were saying. Yeah, I'm just going bringing it back to you, just to um, I think maybe a lot of listeners can relate. You're doing the average Joe thing, and now you're going outside your box, and maybe it helps them be like, oh, I can do this too. I don't got to go travel the world and, and do different shit. Like, you know, I can step out the comfort zone, you know, take it little by little, hit, hit, hit. But seriously, is where the best thing comes. And he said the New Orleans thing. I can say this part. You know, I relate a lot in the highs and lows of going outside your comfort zone through a travel or a solo travel lens is, you know, I was sitting there. Um, the person I went didn't want to go out at night, so I was sitting there listening to some live music in New Orleans. And I saw this older dude, you know, dancing because they have like the band uh, playing in the middle of the street and everyone's vibing and, you know, life is good. And he was with like three girls. And I'm like, okay, who the hell is this guy, right? And I'm sitting here all alone, right? And I was thinking to myself, nah, just have a chill night, nah. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I go up to him, I'm like, hey, excuse me, but 
you guys wouldn't be, you know, Mormon, are you? Because, you know, they polygamy, all that stuff. And they loved it. And the rest of the night was a, was a movie, right? But, you know, I could have been like, dude, who are you? Like, leave. And I'm, like, by myself. And it would have looked weird. But just a little comment like that that was no big deal ended up in, you know, a great memory. Um, you know, I'm going to stay in contact with them because this dude's got a wicked story. And uh, it's, it's that stuff. And, like, in the highs and lows, I talk about it. The most insane crazy things are when you just get off the beaten path and and you you get hurt but it's really like 95 percent of the time it's a good thing and the times you get hurt it's just the lesson right your losses into lessons and all that yes and i'm glad you brought that up because so i learned this from my father who you referenced in the the beginning of this pod maybe the mid i don't know convo's flying but people are just attracted to like kind of like absurd comments like that like kind of bold comments like what are you mormon like that's funny that's funny (laughs) like where else are you gonna hear that and then that that lets them know like oh this guy's kind of special right and like from the the ordinary it's off the beaten path and it's a breeding ground for relationships like they want to mess with you they want to screw it like fuck with you and and that's not in a bad way by the way like they want to be your friend right and uh that's what I've learned, and especially in sales. Like, I'm, I'm good at my job because I'm different on the phone. Like, I'm their buddy. I say some outrageous shit. Like, my managers have called monitored me before, and they're, they're laughing in their offices. Like, all, they're like, you got to hear what George is saying. But I literally get sales on those calls every time because people like different people. You don't want to be a robot, basically. Exactly. Yeah, there's nothing, like, really attractive, you know, robotic. Some people like the the mundane type stuff, but it gets you out of uh, your autopilot when you hear that or when you see someone like that, you know. It, it's just, it's something, you know, unique, and that's the thing. So some people are going to be like, what are you doing? Or, like, snark at you. And some people are like, that is dope. Like, and those are the people you want. Well, you don't want the snarky little clowns, like, all that. Like, <laughs> you want to be with people that are living, that are, that are on your same vibe, you know, your vibration and, and moving. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, there's, there's, there's a coolness in being different, right? And uh, to tie it back, like, it's so easy to look at somebody different like that and be like, what a clown. Like, like, they, like the snarky clowns, the people that you think of the snarky clowns just now are the ones that are, like, looking at somebody different, like, with disdain or jealousy or something because they can, like, pull that off maybe. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but. It's, it's, it comes from the insecurity. If I was a happy person, why would I be looking at other people and being like, you're stupid. Like, I don't like what you're wearing. Like, why would it matter in my life? I'm happy. I'm having a you know, good conversation with you. I'm not looking at Joe Blow over there and be like, those shoes suck. You suck. I don't like you. <laughs> like, that's just the negative, not happy person. Okay. And so I want to tie it back to you now because I feel like we could have a, an entire pot on this. Earlier in your football career, I've never seen anybody do this, especially at your age in high school. You literally went viral throughout the state and damn near, like, damn near like the Midwest for like these suits that you'd wear to school. Can you walk me through why you started wearing suits and your thought process behind that? Yeah, yeah I've never talked about this. Um, yeah, I think I wore it once like for a junior end of the, the football season thing. And I'm like, damn, I like wearing a suit. And, and then, this, is, this is to school, right? Like you're wearing suits to school. Well, the first time was at like a banquet, right? And I was watching The Mentalist. It was an old TV show. And he used to always look so freaking good in a suit. So one day I'm like, uh, fuck it. You know, I used to go to like thrift stores and just thrift and stuff. And they started having some old suits and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? I want to wear a suit. You know, I'll wear them to fucking school too. I don't care. And I started doing it. And yeah, is it like your first 
at this point, like I was kind of like a name. So like, I didn't really like, I had friends and I wasn't, you know, whatever, but yeah, I started wearing it. I liked it and I felt good. And people were like, what the hell? And then, yeah, I ended up getting, you know, the, like the article and the, the main paper or whatever. And you know, I got like reality shows offers from that, and, but do you know how much hate too? I, I everyone be like, what are you doing? Oh, he's daddy's money. He's this and that. And, but it was just, uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to. And I did it. It made me happy, and I liked it. And it was it weird, probably, but you know, I learned a lot about style. I got my style got better, and 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 it was something that you're right. I just did it, and I ended up getting like you know the the picture of me like meditating in the suit and and all that. And so many good things have happened, you know, from that. But you know, I got a lot of hate. And back in the day, I wasn't the best with hate because then I would be like, oh, screw you. I'm gonna show you, you know, clown that's commenting on a, a high school football, you know, article, on, you know, online. Like I would get mad at that, right? You know, and now, you know, I look back and I've gotten really good at, you know, just, you know, the muse mastery and agreeing and amplifying with these dupes because, you know, you're commenting on my thing. You know, I, what are, where are you doing? You know what I mean? And that's, that's how you got to, to look at it. But going back to your point, I don't know. I've been born with something where I just like, to go outside of things and it attracts negativity it attracts a lot of positivity but you know I, I got one life to live right and that's the reason this is called bold perceptions you know fortune does favor the bold and that's what i, I like about living because i think as you see once you do it the craziest most best things happen when you are like fuck it i'm gonna live on my terms and my way and i'm gonna let the dice roll how they roll too legit they still looking at me with one eye the company I keep is not corporate enough. And so this might be kind of a weird motive of mine. I I picture myself someday being a grandfather. If I get that far, we'll see. But don't you want to have like these like outrageous stories to tell your grandchildren or even your kids? Like, and how are you gonna get there? When like when your kid asks you, hey, like tell me like a wild story. Like, how are you honestly gonna get to that point? You too. Yep, you too. How are you going to get to that point if you're just following the status quo? Like, don't you want to be like the Dosakis guy? Like the interesting, cool, like guy? Like, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I want to be someday. So, well, how many old people t- say, oh, I wish I would have done this or, I, you know, little boy, like don't have any regrets. And, you know, and it's so true because the spotlight effect is the number one thing. Everyone thinks everyone is thinking about you and they're not. Maybe for one point of the day, they look at you and think about you for five seconds and they forget about you. The best way to realize this is go walk in the city. You see a homeless person. You know, let's say you're with someone. You walk by a homeless person. Ten seconds, ask that person, hey, what was that homeless person wearing? What shoes was he wearing? They're going to be like, wait, what? You know, but at that moment, they saw this guy. They're like, oh, my God. And then they forget about you. They totally forget about everything. So you're living your whole damn life thinking every Joe Blow Susie is staring at you and thinking all these different things when they're not. They're thinking the exact damn thing that you're thinking about them. So who cares, right? As long as you're being a good person, who really cares? And like you said, do you want to look back in your life and have no fucking stories to tell, no excitement, no nothing, and be like, damn, you know, I wish I would have asked that girl. I wish I would have done something because you didn't. Yeah, no, and it comes down to you'll never regret taking action. And like you just said, I can I've I used to think about this all the time and I completely lost, you know, this uh this whole train of thought, but people really do not give a shit what you're actually doing. They don't. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about how you perceive them, if anything. Everybody is self centered. Everybody is thinking about what they did wrong in a day. They're not like going to bed like, oh my god. Like for 20 minutes in their head, oh my God, Nick wore a suit. <laughs> like they're not doing that. They are always thinking of like, what could I have done better during the day? Or like, 
oh, fuck, did he think this of me? Like, nobody's actually thinking about like that much. And if they are, they're literally in love with you. So, congrats. Well, well then you're Mr. Trump, where you're the most powerful man in the world, and literally you have more shit written about you in, in a minute than anyone's ever written, have in their lifetime type deal. So if people are really, really thinking about you, then you must be something. You must be doing something. You're moving the world because people are still talking. And, you know, I read stuff that people were having nightmares of like Trump raping them and stuff. Like, like how can you get that deep into someone's subconscious that they're dreaming about you having sex with them? Like, what? I mean, that's that's the amount of, you know, world moving thought processing this man has had. You know, I, I can't believe, I mean, he's ripped a fabric in time type deal. Like, if you're thinking about that man that much, it's crazy. Yes. No, I agree. And like you're saying, if somebody is thinking about you that much, like, you're doing something. You're doing something that's notable. And uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of lost my train of thought here. It's going to come back in a second. But the, the big point is with all this thing is, is don't be an asshole. If you're not being an asshole, you have nothing to worry about. And some people think, some actions are assholes. So if you, if you think your moral compass says, hey, I'm doing, I'm not being an ass, you know, I'm living a, my life how I want to live it, then you're fine. Know what I mean? You know, if you start doing crazy stuff, you, know, you gotta, may have a, get a check, right? You crash the car, check yourself, but live. Just live. Yeah, and just do it carefree. Just do it. Do what you want to do and just, I'm, I, the most fun parts of my life was when I just like focused on fun and just being like a positive person in somebody's life. Like it, this, this is a whole other train of thought, but like you never want to be the negative vibe. You never want to be a rain cloud. You don't want to bring a vibe down. Nobody wants to be around you. Nobody will come to you for, with an idea. Nobody will want to work with you. Nobody will want to date you if you are just a negative ass, like stuck up, just a prick. Excuse my French again. Well, no, no, there'll be people that want to come to you, and it's the people thinking the same way. And you sit in your corner, and you bitch about Joe Blow on the side, and you say, oh, he sucks, he sucks, and you guys laugh about it, and it's two hours of just wasted, unproductive time. You guys all leave feeling, oh, yeah, I got my dopamine hits. I hate you. I'm outraged. And then you go back to your room. You sit in your bed, and you're thinking, wow, my life, does it? Is it good? No, it sucks. Like, I'm depressed, and all I do is bitch about other people. And is that a meaningful relationship? Is that a meaningful relationship if you're attracting these, like, critics? Like, you, do you want, you know, misery as company? Because you're never going to be happy if you've got sur- people surrounding you like that, ever. Do you know how many blue check marks on Twitter, like, talk about their, how they're depressed and they hate life? I mean, why do you think? Because you sit on there nonstop trying to cancel, trying to cry, trying to hate everything that you see, and the world is sucks so bad, and step outside. Like, Jesus. Yeah. They got me fired up. So they're doing something. You're you're going off the rails. We're both going off the rails. We need Jake here to calm us down with a conspiracy or something. But this comes from positive energy. I think it's more hopefully motivating to this person to like, hey, you know what? Just live. Yeah. And no, the big thing is tying back to the man in the arena. Just literally do what makes you happy. And yes, you're going to have some critics out there, but they literally have no idea. They're taking the cowardly route of looking and looking at you, pointing and laughing. They have zero idea about all the positives you are attracting to yourself, how you're growing, the skills you're stacking, whatever. If you are doing something out of the ordinary, I guarantee it is helping you become more dynamic and just setting yourself up point blank well i mean we tie it back to this too with the 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 minnesota vikings and kirk cousins so this dude whatever he's doing i don't even watch it but they're losing and everyone hates on him so all those people in the stadium all those people watching on tv soon as the game's over they go back to their life i don't know what the hell they're doing hopefully they're happy but they're not they don't have 80 million in the bank they don't got a beautiful family they're not a professional athlete kirk cousins not watching you on tv 
know what I mean? You're watching him. And so as soon as that TV shuts off, you go back to your everyday life and he's a multi, multi-millionaire who I assume is, you know, fulfilled and happy inside. I mean, so there's a good example. Yeah, no, that's the literal man in the arena. I'm a Packers fan, so I like that comparison. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of hate, too, for some weird reason. He is a lot of weird hate, but at the end of the day, he's happy. He actually talks about it. He's starting to play better this year because he's at peace with, like, his surroundings. He's, he's forgotten about grudges, you know, ex-girlfriends, uh, former coaches. And, look, he's having a career Hall of Fame year because he found – happiness he doesn't give a shit anymore i don't think i think he's playing free and loose and i just i think that's a metaphor for what everybody should try to do stoic be stoic and live bold ciao